everyone and welcome to the home birth experience. I am Julia Meyer, your host, midwife and founder of Cleveland Home Birth. And today I am joined with Lizzie Monroe, who is a previous client and now assisting at birth on a path to become a midwife. And we are going to share an awesome episode with you today. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? Good, Julia. How are you? Good. Thank you for being here with me today. Oh, you know, anytime. Thanks for having me. So it's been a while since we released an episode of the Home Birth Experience, and we just wanted to say thank you to the audience for still listening in and waiting for the next episode. We just took a short summer break and we're back at it. So expect to hear a new episode every Monday until our next summer break. I hope everyone out there is enjoying their summer in light of COVID. I know things are different and people have been challenged. I don't know. Have you felt challenged, Lizzie? I mean, in some ways, but being a stay-at-home mom and a more natural mindset that I have. I I have been challenged, but it hasn't affected me as much as other people. Yeah, I feel like people that already homeschool and kind of live a more isolated life, living off the land, having chickens, all those <laughs> all those kind of fun things. It's it's affecting, but not quite to the extent like myself you know, I don't live on a homestead and I don't do all those things. So it's a little bit different, especially being a, a care provider. It, it creates different challenges and circumstances that um, have to be navigated. But I thought a great episode would be to talk about the rise in home birth and the rise in inquiries that I'm receiving from women who are thinking about having a home birth because of the situation with COVID and the limitations set in the hospitals. And some of them wouldn't have thought about a home birth had this not been going on. There's been a lot in the news, and I'm sure you've seen it with you know, home birth is on the rise and so many people are doing it and they're talking about teen mom did a home birth and so on and so forth. I think you brought that to my attention. Yeah, I did. I, I've i just been noticing a lot more normalizing home birth in the media, on social media, and with that teen mom girl doing it, it just normalizes it even more because she's on national television and she's having a home birth. Right. Yeah. So I thought maybe we could talk about interviewing midwives and how you decide who you're going to hire, what the questions are you should ask a prospective midwife, because I think there are important questions to ask a midwife. And even though Lizzie has already had three home births and we were joking, we were getting ready for this podcast that <laughs> she said, I don't even know what questions I, I would ask because my first home birth was so long ago. So we wrote some questions down that I get asked almost every interview when somebody contacts me 
Um, and just side note, I think it's kind of cool to know that we're sitting by the pool again and I keep hearing a rooster. Or What is that? What does that sound cock-a-doodle-doo? It's lavender, Julia. <laughs> it's our rooster. <laughs> it's your daughter's rooster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, if you hear cock-a-doodle-doo, then you know you're just hearing Lizzie's 11-year-old daughter's there we go. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard that, but we sure heard it. So we're coming to you from Lizzie's homestead by the pool recording. And what we're going to do is basically a mock interview. So Lizzie's going to pretend like this is her first go around, which obviously <laughs> is not. And ask me the questions that a new prospective client would ask me. So go ahead, Lizzie. Hi, Julia. I'm inquiring about a home birth, and I would like to ask you a few questions. I would first like to ask, why did you choose to be a midwife? I'm so glad that you asked that, Lizzie. I think that it's important for every woman looking for a midwife to know why that midwife does what she does. And for me, I knew when I was about four or five years old, that I wanted to deliver babies. And part of it was the environment that I was raised in. I lived on a little single lane road, middle class, you know, just normal, went to Catholic school, you know, just average, small little homes. But I was the first kid on the block. And then all the other moms started having babies. And so I was around all these beautiful blossoming bellies. And I remember laying my hand on their bellies and saying, oh, you know, they would say, oh, here, you know, feel the baby cake, Julia. And I just thought, wow, this is so amazing, so miraculous. And I remember asking my mom and dad just begging for a sibling. I really want a brother or sister. I really want a brother or sister. And it was when I was four years old that my mom did have my brother. And my mom always says to me, Julia, we know that God called you to do this because no one in our family is in the medical profession. There are no nurses, no doctors. You know, we kind of just did the traditional, we go to the pediatrician, whatever was kind of happening in, in the world. Like you follow this nutrition plan because this is what's hot on the market or whatever. And um, she made our baby food, you know, stuff like that. But it really was a calling from God, to be honest. It really was. I just knew from such a very young age that this is what I'm supposed to do. So when I was in high school, I had to do a senior thesis and I decided to shadow one of those moms that grew up on the lane, who was a labor and delivery nurse. She had one of those beautiful blossoming bellies and I got to see her go through her, it was two pregnancies that she had, um, and then babysat those kids. And I shadowed her and my paper was epidural birth versus natural birth. So at 17 years old, I got to see a variety of births in one of the busiest labor and delivery wards in the city of Cincinnati. So I saw it all. I saw natural birth. I saw medicated birth. I even got to see C-sections, which this day and age, 
they don't let just high school kids come in and watch. So I was really fortunate to get to see all of that. And I knew that confirmed my calling that I wanted to support women who chose to birth naturally. When it was time to look at colleges, I thought, well, I have to go to med school and become an OB because that's how you deliver babies. I mean, we didn't see anything but doctors growing up when I was a kid. So I got accepted to pre-med and I went down that path and I thought, well, I, but I don't really wanna be a surgeon. You know, I don't wanna be diagnosing and prescribing. I really wanna support women that wanna do this naturally. I'm really grateful for the doctors that we have. I think that they're a huge asset to the care of women and society in general, but that's not the call on my life. So then I decided to go to nursing school. I completed three years of nursing school and decided I love what I'm learning and I was like a sponge. I was soaking up like every single little thing that I could get my, my mind on. And I also at the same time thought, but I want to actually get my hands on it, not just my mind. So I worked at Cincinnati Children's Hospital in the emergency department for almost five years. And there I also gained a huge wealth of knowledge and experience that still applies to what I do today. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna go back to nursing school, I'm gonna finish nursing school because the only way I can deliver babies is if I finish nursing school and then I go for my master's in midwifery. So I went back and still I felt like this just is not right. This is not where I'm supposed to be. Have you ever felt like that? Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> I'm just banging my head against the wall. Like I love learning all this stuff, but this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But it, I felt like I was at a dead end. I didn't know where to go from there. So I reached out to a family friend who I knew had delivered babies herself at home with her friends. And she had lived in California, lived in Tennessee, and was originally her mom, actually, and dad grew. They had their children and raised their children on the lane that I grew up on. So she was already gone from home by the time that I was even thought of. Right. <laughs> but um, we still had this connection with this family. And so I reached out and she mentioned Ina Mae Gaskin. And I, I knew who she was. And I said, well, how do you know her? She says, well, I, I was in the communes in California with her. You know, I used to go to Stephen Gaskin's, I think it was like Sunday morning talks or something. I don't know. And and she was empowered and delivered her own babies. And I remember her talking about breastfeeding each other's babies, you know, her friends that were also having home births. And I just was so fascinated by this. I thought, wow, it's so natural. And I, and I knew her kids, you know, we had vacationed with them in the Carolinas for several years um, in my teenage years. And I thought, well, they're all really normal people. Like I wouldn't have thought of them as like some hippie, you know, breastfeeding each other's kid. I, I don't know. It just yeah. coming from the, the background that I did, I thought, well, this is so normal. And, and they turned out to be such great people and are contributing so much to society. Maybe I should investigate this more. So I investigated the farm in Summertown, Tennessee, and I did some training there. And then I found the North American Registry of Midwives, and they have something called the PEP process. So it's a portfolio evaluation process, and it is a way to train 
to become a midwife through traditional apprenticeship, which is how midwives have been trained since the beginning of time. I mean, it's the first vocation mentioned in the Bible, and there weren't formal colleges <laughs> back in the BC times. So I decided to go that route. And after going to the farm, I found a preceptor and I did an apprenticeship for about four years and saw numerous different births, different backgrounds, different environments, different complications. I felt really, really well prepared when I completed that portfolio evaluation process and stepped out to build my own practice. So that's how I became a midwife. Okay, so you talk about stepping out on your own. How, how long have you been out on your own now? I've been out on my own for a little over eight years. Oh, wow, that's great. And so how many babies have you seen? delivered yourself? A little over 200. Oh, wow. Which everybody goes, oh, wow. And I'm like, but I want to deliver so many more. <laughs> well, you're, <laughs> I'm sure you'll get there. So how does prenatal care work with you? So when you hire me as your midwife, I do all of your prenatal care in your home because I think that it's really important to establish that relationship within the place that you're going to birth. So you and I become comfortable with each other in that space because opening up to labor, to birth, you have to feel safe and vulnerable. And if you don't have the right people with you, that can be hindered. So I really feel like establishing that relationship within that space that you're gonna birth is really important. So for that reason, I do your prenatal care at home. As far as what I do, I do all the standard measurements that you would see with any other care provider. And they're simply measurements, they're not diagnostics. And we look at your urine, your blood pressure, we measure your fundal height to make sure the baby is growing appropriately, and we listen to the baby's heartbeat. The prenatals last about an hour because a lot of it is relationship building, getting to know each other, and really setting the stage for a beautiful, smooth birth. And I also want to add, I think it's really cool to involve the family in the birth. Or, I'm sorry, not, well, birth, yes, but prenatal care. So letting the kids use the Doppler to find the baby's heartbeat. I mean, even though this is like a mock interview, you experience that. Right. You know, your kids yeah, would I find know. the baby's they heartbeat and, yeah. They loved it. Yeah. So that's kind of how prenatal care works. Okay, so... What if something goes wrong? Can you, can you tell before my baby is born if something's wrong? So there are a lot of things that we can see prenatally that could be potential risks that home birth would not be safe to do. So for example, preeclampsia. It's not something that typically sets in and you know, at the birth and it is an emergent situation. It's something that we see prenatally and we manage, make suggestions of, you know, just looking at the diet. Can you please give me five days worth of what you're eating? And we look at that and then I, I talk to them and I say, you know, here are some educational resources 
of why this can happen. And then you look at your diet and you tell me what's going on. So moms are very empowered when they're in my care because it's all about education and informed consent so that you understand what's happening in your body and why and how something different could be happening in your body. There are things that happen at birth that we can't foresee. We had a birth last, a week ago, Friday, what, eight days ago? Yep. And the baby was pretty tight in there, <laughs> let's just say. Yeah. And it's not something that I could see prenatally, but we knew and trusted in birth that this baby was gonna come forth. But I knew that I had to help it at a certain point. I knew that I had to do some maneuvers to help this baby's shoulders come through. And that's why it's really important that you interview multiple midwives and you feel really confident in their skill level and their training because you really need somebody at your birth that knows what to do in situations that are outside of the normal. Right, okay, well that sounds really comforting to know that you can take care of problems as they come. So do you do postpartum care after I have the baby? I do, so immediate postpartum, we like to really protect that first hour, it's the golden hour. You know, you'll never get that time back with your baby, so we really like to protect that. We leave the cord intact and we allow you and your family to bond. I, I say allow and I just don't even like that word. <laughs> we hold that space right. for you to bond with your baby. As long as you and baby are looking good, we leave it really undisturbed. And then whenever you're ready, we do a full newborn exam. We examine you. We make sure that everyone's doing really well. And then three to four hours after you've had the baby, it's about time for us to leave as long as you're feeling comfortable. And then we come back 24 hours after the baby has been born and we check you and the baby again and we do the birth certificate paperwork and any necessary things at that visit. And then we come back again three days later, two weeks later, four weeks and six weeks. So we really do like to make sure that our moms are really well supported during the postpartum period. Yeah, that's good. I think that's really important part of this. It's not like you have your baby and move on. You still have to recover from having your baby. So that's, that's good. Okay, so when do I need to take my baby to the doctor? I always tell people that that's a really personal choice. Some of my clients don't ever take their babies to doctors. Some of them do. If you choose to have a pediatrician for your child, I think that it's important that you discuss with your pediatrician what their guidelines are. Because some pediatricians will say, I have to see the baby within X number of days or else I won't take you on as a client. So there's no immediate need to see a doctor unless something is outside of normal range on that newborn exam. So I really leave that decision up to the parents. Okay. Um, will insurance cover a home birth? In the state of Ohio, midwives that do home birth 
are not licensed. So we do not have agreements with insurance companies to be in network. However, you can submit for reimbursement from your insurance company for your home birth. I provide you with a receipt and the documentation that you need to submit that claim to your insurance company for reimbursement. And if you really stick with it and do your due diligence in filing the claim, you will usually see at least half, if not more, reimbursement. Will there be any other expenses besides your fee? So there are minor expenses. My fee, obviously, I don't expect all up front, but that it's paid by 36 weeks, so you make payments throughout your pregnancy. In addition to that fee, I require that you buy a birth kit from my birth supplier, and that has all the supplies that you'll need for the birth. If you would like to have a birth pool as a tool for you to use in labor or birth in, then that is an additional cost as well. Um, but beyond that, if you are having a healthy, normal pregnancy and you don't need any lab work or doctor visits, then no, there are no other added expenses. But if you did need to see a doctor, chose to have an ultrasound or lab work, then those are additional expenses. Okay. What should me and my husband do to prepare to birth at home? I think the most important thing is feeling safe and comfortable in your space. There's really nothing that you need to do. Like I said, you order the birth kit. Everything that we need is in that kit. I also give you a small list. Gather towels, um, you know, bowls so we can have cold washcloths and hot washcloths, you know, to do different things to give you comfort. But as far as like, tangible supplies, things like that, the birth space, you don't really need to do anything additional other than you doing what you feel like would make you the most comfortable. And, you know, some people will have a birth photographer there and they want to make the space look a certain way. I always tell people, get some Christmas lights because they give just enough light, but not too much. And they just set the ambiance just right. You know, so playing around with those little things, even getting birth affirmation cards, you know, and, and hanging them on your wall. Some women like to do that just to have as little reminders that my body was made to do this is one of them. Um, whatever you feel led to do is what you should do. This is your birth, your story, and you get to write it the way that you want it. That sounds so amazing that I get to be in control of my birth. 100%. When you choose to have a home birth, you are taking control for your birth. That's amazing. I don't know anyone that's had a home birth, though. How can I connect with other moms that have had home births? That's a great question. So one of the missions with Cleveland Home Birth that I'm really passionate about is building community because it's only 1% of childbearing women that birth at home. So we are the, the smaller number, obviously 1% is a pretty small percentage of birthing women. And I think it's really important to connect those women so that they have support, they have 
answers from their peers, and, and they feel like it's somewhat normalized. With whole birth, a lot of times people encounter, um, let's say, disapproval from family members and friends. So that community is really important. And I have done a couple of things to help build that community. One of them is a weekly Zoom moms group for Cleveland home birth clients. We usually have about 10 to 15 clients on every Thursday morning from 10 to 11.30, and we discuss different topics. Sometimes I go over educational information, and we talk about our highs and lows of the week, anything that is heavy on someone's heart we can discuss. Whatever comes up, we talk about it. And when moms sign on for the first time, they usually send me a text message afterwards and say, that was so great. I'm so glad I was on that call. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know, it's just really good to have that support of other women. It takes a village to raise kids. Um, and we've been doing those Zoom calls since COVID because I had in-person gatherings, but then when COVID started, I had one scheduled and I thought, well, I can't do this now. So I'll just invite everybody to a Zoom call. And then everybody liked it so much, they said, well, can we do this next week? Can we do this next week? So we've just been doing it every single week. But the other thing that we have done, um, even during COVID, we did an outdoor picnic so that you know people could feel comfortable, socially distanced um, in a large outdoor space. So not only the moms were involved, but you know other kids in the family, the dads, you know, they get to chat and, um, you know, normalize it amongst themselves because, you know, it's different for them as well when I'm sure they're at work thinking, well, everybody else's wife is having a baby in the hospital, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we do put on events at least three times a year. Well, that's gr great because it's, it's hard being a home birth mom sometimes in the world. And I just want to reach out to others that think like me. Yep, and that's why we do what we do. That's great. So, what are my next steps in this process of having a home birth with you? So, since we've talked and I've explained a little bit about myself and my practice, if you're still interested in care, then we would set up an in-person consult. And I think that's really important because being in person, you, you feel differently. You know, you get to actually meet the person and see, do I really like this woman, you know? Um, so I always suggest setting up an in-person consult. And then if you choose to hire me, we set up a visit for your first prenatal visit. And it's, it goes from there. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Lizzie. <laughs> Thanks, Julia. <laughs> Okay. So there we go. <laughs> There's our mock interview. <laughs> that was hard for me at some times because I just wanted to start putting my opinion opinion in of a three-time home birther. <laughs> <laughs> I could see. I was like, and I kind of had to look away from you because I thought, oh man, you've already had a baby with me, and <laughs> yeah, and you've already attended births with me, so. I think hopefully, I don't know, the audience will tell us, maybe we pulled it off well, <laughs> I don't know, but but those are the typical questions that people ask, so. Right, at least you covered what, how you would answer if a new client asked you. 
Yeah, I think maybe your seat was a little bit harder because this is my seat all the time. Right. <laughs> I'm always answering these questions. Right. <laughs> So, uh, what about that birth that we went to? Oh, goodness. There were some really funny parts of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to talk about the little dinner we went to after? <laughs> oh, I do want to talk about the dinner that we went to after. But I do want to say before that, everything leading up to that birth was so beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh yes, it was a beautiful birth, beautiful birth space. And that, you were talking about the birth space earlier. As a photographer, you oh. were there as a photographer. I'm sure you were just like, this space is perfect. Oh, I was. I, I enjoyed the photography aspect of that birth very much. In the pictures, in the slideshow with the song that you picked oh my gosh my heart I just I was in tears when I watched that so it was it was a great birth and we you know had a minor complication but handled it at home baby did not need resuscitation but I was well prepared for it you know I've been certified in neonatal resuscitation for eight years and and that doesn't scare me at all I've resuscitated babies before but very thankful that this baby did not need resuscitation and transitioned just fine in spite of a little minor complication. But um, yeah, so uh, my girls laugh at me that when I'm at birth, I'm snacking constantly. I guess that's just what I do. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, what do they have in their fridge? What's my, do they have any potato chips? <laughs> you love potato chips. I know, here I am the one talking about eating a healthy diet and being nutritious, but then get me out of birth and I love some potato chips, something snacky, I love it. So, of course, you know, labor's going on and I'm like, hey, should we do some DoorDash? <laughs> hey, should we like go get some Starbucks? You know, I, it just cracks me up. I don't know why I'm obsessed with food at birth. Uh -huh. um, it's like, it's definitely like an second thought but I don't know when I'm just sitting there my charting's done mom's taking a nap the next thing on my mind is food so we didn't get DoorDash we didn't get Starbucks we have been at a labor for 10 hours got there in the wee hours of the morning and it's now dinner time and I'm like okay guys so everything's good what about food <laughs> of course that's what I ask so Christina had to go home, unfortunately. Um, she had, well, not unfortunately. I mean, unfortunate for us because we wanted her to join us, but um, she had already planned a dinner date with her 14-year-old son, which I just think is the cutest thing ever. And so Lizzie and I decided, all right, we're going to drive back in the direction of our how, how homes, our respective homes, and there's a little place we could grab a burger, chicken sandwich or whatever, and, and we'll just have food there and then go home. So, <laughs> so we're sitting there, we order our food. Of course I order not so healthy food. I think I ordered like chicken tenders and onion rings to snack on and then I order a burger after that. I mean, come on guys, it's like way too much food to be eating, but whatever. So I go to the bathroom and I'm walking back from the bathroom. <laughs> And I turn the corner and the waitress turns the corner from the other direction and bam, we collide and barbecue sauce goes 
all down the front of me. <laughs> I'm like, just standing there, been up all night, like, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm covered in barbecue sauce. Yeah. And, you know, still clothes I wore from the birth, obviously. We didn't stop to change, so the manager comes over and she brings those little tide wipes and says, oh, I'm so sorry, which I just cracked up at. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, seriously? Like, tide wipes? Well, let me get you some, some seltzer water, too. And I'm like, seltzer water? I have barbecue sauce all over me, really? And you know, like, dry cleaning, maybe? I, I mean, I don't know what you want me to do with this tide wipe. So, yeah, I start wiping it off. It was mainly, you know, like, down, literally down the front of me. And <laughs> Lizzie looks over and goes, Julia, it's all over your boob, too. And I go, uh, no, Lizzie, that's just meconium. <laughs> that was that was so funny. We sat there laughing. I go, what else? I mean, what do you have on you? I know you have birth juices on your clothes, too. <laughs> so I'm just going to backtrack from your barbecue sauce a little bit. Uh-huh. At this same birth, I had this black romper on. And it was clean. And I got to the birth at like 6.30 in the morning. I don't know, about halfway through, I looked down and I have this huge white stuff on my leg. And I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> and it looked like, should I say it? It just looked like <laughs> bodily fluids. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was, I was like, oh gosh. So I went into their bathroom and I am wiping it down because I, <laughs> It was very obvious, and it, so it did come out, but it, I was like, what? And then I go to do the postpartum visit with mom 24 hours later, and I'm telling her this story. We literally sat on her couch, she, her husband, the baby, and I, we sat on the couch laughing so hard she's crying I'm crying we're laughing so hard I'm like crossing my legs ready to pee my pants we're laughing so hard I mean you know you just you're covered in whatever juice and it's just you go out to dinner covered in juice I mean what do you what do you do as a birth worker it's just what you do right but hey we ended up getting that meal for free. We did. <laughs> for all the inconvenience, they ended up comping our meal. They were right. Oh, so yummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really hope that this podcast was of some benefit to our listeners. And I really appreciate you sitting through that and asking me all those questions. Yeah, it was hard, but... It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we will sign off now on this beautiful Sunday evening and stay tuned for the next episode of the Home Birth Experience. We will be bringing you a birth story next week and we can't wait to share it with you. Thank you everyone for listening. Please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, rate and review, and be sure to leave your comments. We want to know what you want to hear. You can find us at clevelandhomebirth.com, Instagram Cleveland Homebirth, and Facebook Cleveland Homebirth. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week. Bye. Bye. That's all for this week, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify and let us know what you think. We really appreciate your support. Tune in next week for another episode of The Home Birth Experience. 
Until then, stay healthy, y'all. Bye.